Hello, and welcome to the Old Farm Bus Podcast. This is the back of the bus session. Hello, and welcome to the Old Farm Bus, back of the bus sessions podcast. This session is going to be a belter, <laughs> because... Uh, Charlie has been here for about an hour now and we've not stopped talking anyway. I was like, I think we should just get on in front of the cameras and put this on podcast because we're going to have to stop at some point. (laughs) (laughs) So today's session is, I really look forward to because Charlie, um, I've met once properly, I've been to studio but actually to just sit with you, have a proper chat, have a beer. We'll have a beer after, I'm Me sure. Too, 100%. Two foot. <laughs> but it, we've got Charlie Kirby from Mount Street Studios. Charlie, welcome to the Old Farm Thank Bus. Thank you brother. very much, mate. Amazing. How are you finding the settings? Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Best weather yet as well. Oh, we are lucky, aren't we? So hot. So, so hot. <laughs> I must admit, I did a podcast yesterday at about five o'clock right. with uh, Chloe Rogers. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was trying to sit back and be a bit cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was sweating buckets. And I was just like, yeah, and tell me about your music. And every time it went to her, I was just like, hat off, hat off, taking white. everything. <laughs> just sat in my boxes at the end of it. <laughs> Charlie, we're in crazy times, man. We're in the craziest yeah. of times. Yeah, I, yeah. I've never known a time like it. And neither has my grandma, to be honest. <laughs> How are you coping with it? Because I know Mount Street's... How long have you been there for now? We've been open for over two years now. Two years. Um, yeah. And you've been really successful with it. Oh, I appreciate that. In honest, you. like everybody, and I like to think myself as a bit of a Nottingham head. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I know some people there. Yeah. And every single person that's had an experience there has just been like, yeah, that, oh, no, that is the place that. to be. Thank you. You've done the craziest thing to have like, basically a multi-million pound like <laughs> studio but also keep it like calm like I felt comfortable there I put yeah. myself as a novice mm. I went in and I was like this is just a really homely place to be yeah, as well yeah, yeah. but you've got all the gear you you know there's been a lot put into it yeah have you kept that vibe going <laughs> uh the vibe was purely my partner Alicia who's mm. our studio manager um so she sort of her big background's interior design right so I was sort of like if I get my hands even near a paintbrush, it's just going to look like crap. <laughs> um, so Alicia designed everything from she wanted brick on that wall to that color on that wall to changing the different diffuser fabrics, mm. um, choosing the wood on the doors. I mean, she did absolutely everything. So I've got no credit <laughs> at all. On, I mean, on did how she put a paintbrush in your hand though and say, right, green, go? Uh, yeah, but I probably still would have chosen the wrong green. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, um, yeah. I can't take any credit for how, how it looks or feels. It's and purely down to Like we are saying, so, and again, you can take the credit for how successful it's been run, though. <laughs> you, you're allowed to take that. No, I appreciate that. But like we are saying, the crazy times we've twisted in. Yeah. How have you found that knock? Has it been it's, tricky? It's tricky. And I think the, the hardest thing for me personally, when I was speaking to you about this online, was just the interaction. Mm. So 90% of my work is interacting with different people or telling people different people off yeah. <laughs> I was trying to improve different stuff um, so that was the biggest thing business wise we were still okay we're still getting online mixes and masters and still producing for certain clients um, people like podcasts you would send them in but didn't really understand the technical background so we mm. would edit them and, and do that um, so we were okay we managed to stay afloat with that um, there's a lot of studios out there really really expensive studios who have all of their gear on like lease mm. so they have like a hundred thousand pound console 
mm. and they might be spending three grand a month paying it off. Wow. And yeah. if you've got no one in, yeah. how do you even do And that's you for your electricity, for your staff, anything. So I say at the minute, really interested you brought that up, but yeah. there are people in life that, you know, do things wrong, start yeah. businesses up and don't put enough energy yeah. and time into it. But this is a time in people's life where they've done everything right. Yeah. They've, yeah, they've yeah. They, you know, they've made chances, but you've got to take chances in life. And it's just one of them looks to the draw where there's nothing could have been done. Do you know what I mean? 100%. I feel so sorry for them people because they're going to see themselves as failures. It's true. The business didn't work. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, man. Everyone's in the same boat. Nobody knows COVID. Yeah. Nobody yeah, could have yeah. predicted that. And yeah, you were right to do the chances. You were right to make them mistakes or whatever yeah yeah put out the leases because you couldn't have thought about this exactly it, it's like it's unprecedented as mm. everyone keeps saying it's it's really tricky i think um we were just very very fortunate that when we were budgeting setting up the place like we we didn't buy a console like that we mm. we bought a relatively really cheap console because we wanted to spread our budget on microphones and, and stuff like that um i, I would have loved to have a hundred thousand pounds to sell a console don't get me wrong um <laughs> But now looking back on it, I'm very grateful on the the route that we did setting it up like that. Why did you make them choices, though, to hold back with that? Uh, Purely because I wanted to, especially when we were setting up and talking to different people like Maloko, which they're like a studio representation of the best studios in the world. Mm -hmm. So when we were setting it up and talking about different gear, if you just say I've got an amazing desk, that's only one factor. Mm. That makes sense. So we can say that we've got vintage microphones, we've got analog gear, we're working with this, this, this. Mm. And all of a sudden, it's, I think um, a lot of people see it as like just being trigger happy. And they go, right, they have your budget, they bought a desk, and then let's use an SM58 for everything. Mm, okay. Like, you can't really do that. You need to you need to excel in all different areas, if mm. that makes sense. Um, you're not going to get people walking through the door just because you've got a desk. Mm. You're going to walk people walk through the door because of the kind of console that you've got, because of the kind of microphones you've got, the converters. There's, there's so many different mm, elements, even like the person elements. you are. Yeah, yeah, exactly and right. To me, that that's the most thing I go into a studio for. Yeah. I just invest in the producer and the person. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. want to work with that persona. I was talking to you before the show, but yeah. about the amount of places I've been mm. and the amount of different emotions I've been made to feel yeah, in the yeah. studio spaces because yeah. they're quite daunting places to be, aren't they? They are. Or can be. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that um, it should sort of be, as, as an engineer, the studio engineer, you should be 90% a people person mm. and 10% you just get on with the actual technology side mm. of stuff. Um, and unfortunately, there's, which is, uh, I sort of understand what loads of sectors, but you get a lot of people which are like 50-50 mm. and not enough people realise that you need to be people person throughout first if that makes sense and if i was ever putting down a person i'll never yeah. say a name so i'm not <laughs> saying any names here but there's just i'll say said producer yeah yeah <laughs> but i've worked with some where you know that i know for a fact that end product could be absolutely brilliant yeah because i know they'll know all the technical sides they'll just exactly. be able to go dup, 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 dup. yeah but how I was in the recording booths when they've made me feel a certain way, mm. which was quite nervous. I wasn't good enough. Like they've obviously worked with a lot better artists before. Yeah, and yeah. They, I'm a bit of a filling time for them or just giving them a bit of pocket money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they met. They it was so apparent that they made me feel that, and I was not not giving my best take in the mm. booth because I was panicking. Don't back yourself as much. Yeah, it was completely like I'm yeah. not a good artist. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
they were only getting my 50% vocal, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, of course. And when I came to you on that day, I've done that song with Jerry Collins. I was like, yeah, he knows what he's doing. We <laughs> did the Looked Upon a Shore song. I was yeah. really proud of that. I thought, right, we'll book a session to yeah. go in and see what I can create. Me, you and Johnny Ollie sat there for a day. Yeah. And I remember I'd had a bit of a bad day the day before. I can't right. remember exactly what, something silly had gone off. I couldn't sync up my podcast and I thought, I'm a failure. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> I was just feeling quite low. And yeah, I came yeah. into the studio and I thought, I said to you, uh, I don't think I'll write anything today. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I, I don't think I'll even perform. Mm. I'm just going to sit and we'll try and make a song that I can go home with and have something, a vibe to, to work on. Yeah, yeah. But the energy you guys gave me that day and I got to reflect, I got to be just my own person mm. and think about what I wanted to say. I couldn't stop writing. It was like the most writing I'd done in a session ever. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and we wrote, we did two songs. Two songs, yeah. We did. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but on it, I've put a massive thank you down to you and Johnny Ollie together, just creating that space. And yeah. that's something that feels very special about your studio. You're creating and it really is a, what's the word? Like a, an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're creating an experience. Yeah. It's not just, right, I've been in, recording my song there, had that done. That's the thing. I think you, you bang on with the word experience. So mm. as you said, even if you come and you go, I'm a bit down. It was, I remember that really, really clearly. And I was like, well, you never know. Mm. we might gel with something really really well and then i think it was about an hour in yeah yeah got your notepad right, out hang on a minute Start writing. Something yeah, something coming in. and then i let you and johnny ollie go mad over in this corner yeah. for a bit I, I think you were trying to find a chord that you just it took johnny about 40 minutes i was on the piano he was on guitar and it was something as simple as just moving the third finger <laughs> over to one string um but we got there in the end it was hilarious for me because I was just caught in my own world of writing and I yeah. was just down going. I couldn't stop, but I knew there was some bonkers stuff yeah. happening. I just kept hearing like, fuck's sake, can't do it. All that. I was like, oh, I don't want to be those guys yeah, yeah. <laughs> forgetting you recorded my song. <laughs> but that's, that's how we, I mean, as a producer and an engineer as well, you've got to, you've got to judge the room and mm. judge the vibe of the session, stuff like that. So when you were saying, oh, you know, I might not write today and, might leave you and Johnny to do a bit together I sort of took that as an okay well when me and Johnny do our bit we'll let you do your bit and as soon as you're ready let's get you in mm. rather than going hang on let's just finish this and stuff like that because at the end of the day we want you to excel just as much as Johnny is adding to this mm. as I'm adding to it as well it's a three way street making a track really like is collaborative effort it's a collaborative effort that comes across with it all when yeah. we're all in our most comfortable zones I'm giving out the best I can give yeah you are, we're all, and then we're, it was open as well. Yeah, there was yeah, an yeah. openness to it where I could be honest when I thought something wasn't right. Exactly. Yeah. Or if I I wanted to say more this direction, yeah. you could come back and say, yeah, but what about? And it yeah, was yeah. just constantly like ideas were being thrown exactly. around. And that's, I think that's the best, best bit about um, when everyone's on the same wavelength as a collaborative project, mm. when people aren't afraid yeah. to, to put their opinion forward. And I think you... There's so many incredible artists and writers out there who are amazing on their own, but when they're put, thrown into like a collaborative space, they're just quiet. Mm. And I think if you have, like I said, we're on the same wavelength, then you might go, this might work. And if me and Johnny go, actually, yeah, mm. that really mm. works. And that thing we've just done for the last minute, for the last five minutes, we'll just scrap it because mm. it, it just, that's what the track needs. If that makes sense. And that was something we were talking about before the podcast as well, yeah. but just honesty in music and just openness. That's my 
lovely persona, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine you can you can give thinking. out a bollocking if it needs to be. I, but <laughs> I think the the biggest that's what we were saying earlier. The biggest thing for me is that uh, I hate seeing potential and time being wasted. Mm. And I think mm. if people come in with the right mindset and they're also looking to learn as well. I'm not an amazing mentor by any stretch of the imagination, but if I can give my little two pence here and there yeah. to help people then go, right, for the next recording session that we do, I've allocated time to do this, this, I've brought down a demo, I've done this and this, then it's sort of, they feel great because they've got a lot more done, they've got yeah. a lot more for their money and they, they're much more happy with the result. Whereas you find that um, people who are unprepared, preparation is my number one word, I say it to everyone. Yeah. If you're prepared and you've told me like what we're doing the day before and stuff like that, You'll come, you'll come in and microphones will be ready, the project will be set up, mm. we're good to go, we're not wasting time, and you just allow us a full amount of creativity straight away as soon as you walk through the door. Is that something you've had to find your feet with over time? Because I, I want to get back into your story, yeah, yeah, to yeah. be fair, and yeah. how it all began, but is that honest level of honesty that I know you give, Yeah. have people had their backs up against it, and you've had to like find a balancing act with it? How's that all become? You get a lot of people who are... Um, very f- single-minded, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which can sometimes be really good for the project if they know exactly what they want. Yeah, and they're just looking for me as a producer or an, another collaborator just to give their their sort of element of what they yeah. give. That's amazing because then sometimes it's really good when you know the direction you're going in. Mm. Um, for me, though, I've sort of I've really enjoyed it because I've I found that the more I'm myself, not trying to be someone else the more it's, I've seen people mature over the process and mm. get grow and grow as a musician and a studio session artist as well. Um, so it's really sort of like reassuring to me that it's helping people as well. Mm. Um, mm. If I ever like overstretched the mark, which a lot of people do, you just say sorry. Yeah. <laughs> don't it ruin it. so easily sorted out. It's so it? easy. Rather than people <laughs> storm me off and go, oh, he was a dickhead. And yeah, was, put a bad like, review. Yeah. Unonymous. It's like. just like people work differently. And I think that's what we were saying about earlier. If you don't challenge things, mm. sometimes the best thing doesn't come out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can really relate in film. Like I've worked, when I first started off, I was just doing it for myself. Yeah. I knew what I wanted. And then as soon as you turn that into working with clients, you've obviously got a fit their vision exactly yeah sometimes uh, as i was saying at the start um i started up a company called from scratch production yeah and it was often working with people that i had no idea like when i started and yeah, i wanted yeah. to help them people but they didn't have a a vision sure. at the start so i've got to sort of collaborate this vision with them and then they were quite aloof with how they were with it because okay. then say i did something they didn't like and they were like no that doesn't work mm. they couldn't replace it with what they wanted a suggestion can't come up with a suggestion no and yeah. that's so important working with artists and i suppose a lot of the time you are working with quite established artists now yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. who have that direction and vision but for me at the start i was working with people that didn't so yeah 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 having that authoritative side of myself that I've never really had is can probably yeah. say, I'm like, yeah, we'll do whatever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, we'll go with it. Um, I had to start taking myself seriously mm. as uh, I'm giving a service. Yeah, yeah. And then 100%. I had to go, okay, right, not that. What about this? And, and be direct with it and yeah. create a vision for people. I think so. that's, you, you bang on, the number one thing is is if you can... If you don't agree with something, come up with something. Mm, mm. There's nothing worse than if you're like, especially if someone's like comes to a session, they're not even in the band, for example, and they go, mm. don't really like that. 
Yeah. And then the bassist or whoever will go, okay, well, have you got any ideas? And they go, well, no, but I just yeah. don't like it. <laughs> it's just not constructive, is it? It stabs just... through me what you just said, though, because I know it too well. <laughs> it happens a lot, though. And I think, um, like, I, I now actually enforce something in the studio where if you're not necessarily contributing to the session, you don't really need to be there. Mm. Because mm. Um, the studio, as much as, as much as it is like a place of fun, mm. it's a place of work what i love about you man honestly yeah, you're there to work to come down and to get a product out that you're not really there and johnny ollie will know this from his early days with me you're not there just to take five thousand photos of the instagram yeah <laughs> <laughs> you heard johnny <laughs> you know what we're saying but, um, <laughs> which was very much me at the start as well i was like this place is magical <laughs> look get a selfie with me with a mic <laughs> it's it's good and that's i think it's um you find that as soon as the people who are relevant to the project are the only people there the creativity creativity goes nuts and you just Mm. get so much done um so that's sort of what i try and do now anyway with with my personal stuff anyway and let's jump then back a bit then yeah because you've been in nottingham for two years then with the studio two years of the studio and then i've i moved here in 2016 2016 so with my missus yeah because a a londoner through and through so born south london born south london yeah south london i like we're starting from the middle we're starting from your life in the middle of the podcast yeah so it makes sense i mean sense you got to i I think i heard a quote the other day and it's like a good story has a start a middle and an end yeah it doesn't always have to be in that order exactly right right. (laughs) not every song starts with an intro Mm. some songs start with a chorus one thing i enjoyed when i started because i've got a lot of naivety in music to be honest yeah yeah I got into it really late on, like 21, 22, okay. never picked up a guitar, never knew a chord, never picked up a poem, anything. Yeah. And then I just dived in and met all these crazy, wacky people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went on raves and like, yeah, I, yeah. I do poetry. <laughs> um, but that was it. I, I didn't know song structure, choruses, where yeah. they go or yeah, anything. Yeah. So it's coming. I've got logic now and stuff and yeah. people send me beats, but... I don't put the choruses in the right places. I just speak when I want. Yeah. And it's been, a, a again, a blessing and a curse. It, of course. It's worked yeah, yeah. bits and it's not because sometimes it really does help to know on, off beat. And yeah, 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 definitely. Know when to come in. You can, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, just getting on that topic, it, it's been, naivety has been really a powerful thing for me because mm-hmm. people have always said, oh, you don't know much about or you're quite naive on this, but then I'll hurtle myself into things where most people will be like, nah, I won't bother with that. Yeah, yeah. They know much more than me. Exactly. And I'm like, I'll just meet anybody. <laughs> like, go for it. <laughs> but if you know that if that works for you, yeah. like when when we first did that track, um, Choke Your Nair, mm. and some of the words aren't on the beat. Yeah. And that's what makes the track. Yeah, yeah. Because everything else is to the beat. Yes. <laughs> Do you see what I mean though? And you yeah. need things to, to give variance in different, especially in music to the point like when you were saying yeah a song doesn't always start it doesn't have an intro and that's exactly. that was the point of yeah. my my point in general was that yeah i've managed to sort of find a way with it and yeah. that having songs that have so many different variables yeah yeah that's what makes a good album for me 100%. or makes a, a good artist yeah. always not just sticking to a recipe <laughs> I c- couldn't agree with you more. Well, thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, man. Ju- hijacked your story then. No, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, South London. So South London, then um, when I was about 13, I went to school out near Reading. Wicked. Um, and then after that, I took a gap year. 
Yeah. Travel yeah. around Europe with some stupid Aussies. So let's jump in just... school a little bit in there then. Let's yeah. go dive in there. What were you like at school? Because I've had a lot of people on the podcast now and it's gone into education a lot because okay. I suppose it's so up in the air education. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. Was it an enjoyable experience for you, school? I I liked school. I hated homework. Okay, yeah. Homework <laughs> was the one thing I would just always fight. Yeah. I was like, I've just given eight hours of my day. Yes. And now you want me to do more. Go. <laughs> I, I just, I couldn't see eye to eye with it. But the um, when I went to school out near Reading at 13, they had, that's when they could really offer like hockey. So okay. I played a lot of hockey, um, a lot of cricket, and then music. They had a wicked music department. Nice. And sort of found that I liked to do choir and like the classical side of music and stuff wow. like that. Um, and then that's sort of when I picked up the guitar and started doing piano. And then for A-Level, I did music tech. So that was the first sort of introduction to this whole side. To How me. old were you at this point? Like, has music literally just stayed with you through life? Yeah, my, been... my parents are musicians. Awesome. Um, they're not like these, you know, grade eight incredible musicians, but they've always just... My dad's a huge music head. Yeah? So guitarist? Always, yeah, guitarist. But he's yeah. just always uh, infiltrated music within my life. Mm. So every single time I'd be in the car with him, he'd be playing me something new. Or something. He introduced me to Skrillex. Wow. I mean, he's ahead of the game in tw- 2010 geezer. or something. Um, <laughs> he was doing DJs in, at Cambridge Uni called Dr. Bliss. <laughs> Stuff like that. Wow. So he's like a massive part of my music, if that makes sense. And then... My mum's side, her dad is, um, he's like a, a head of the choir in a church. So that's why I've got my, my church side of chorister music and classical music and stuff like that. So that's where I sort of understood more the theory kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, and sort of worked out how to get harmonies quickly and where melodies go up in scales. So mm. as I said to you earlier, I hate reading books. I'm just not very good at it. <laughs> I, if it hasn't got a picture, then I'm screwed. I was um, so glad that we got to connect over that because I, I hate books too. <laughs> Wanted to hug it out, but obviously we couldn't. Just a exactly. little elbow. <laughs> but that's, that's sort of been me. And then, yeah, when came down to sort of music tech side, so 17, A-level age, um, and started with a program called Cubase. Um, was that just, like a free Mac? No, it was just, the, the school had it. Okay. So they, yeah. that was just their sort of like, they had almost a setup like this. They had a desk this size, a wall, and then a booth. Nice. So it's all you need. Cr- yeah, it's all you need. <laughs> but I just found like the process of it absolutely incredible. You take like a signal from a microphone, you go through a desk, mm. and you can put it through something different before it goes. And I was just like, whoa, what is and this? And how world? old were you there then? That so was 17. 17 okay. yeah. Just because. That resonated with me. I got like little goosebumps then because I was like, that's what I'm finding out now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 27, I'm only 10 years behind time. But <laughs> picking out all these uh, mics at the minute, I was like, yeah. I don't know, we'll just get whatever and hopefully it works. Exactly, and then, yeah. I'm like, right, that jumps in there. That And it, it's quite pleasurable, it isn't is it, wicked. when it works? It's wicked, yeah. You have to go through all them like mistakes and trials 100%. and tribulations. But 100%. when it comes to, you're like, I've, I've created that out of nothing yeah it's, yeah. it's exactly the same with with recording or mixing um you sort of learn what microphones have certain flavors mm. so for certain applications and stuff like that's that. that's what i'm looking forward to like you know in maybe two three four years time yeah i'll be able to really get my ear behind like oh okay that's what charlie was on about yeah yeah, like, yeah that does something with that and like you're talking about high ends and low ends and yeah. stuff yeah frequencies yeah I'm, yeah oh, i can't wait mate 
honestly but even just like if you get a microphone it's got different polar patterns mm. and you just go like how how is this mic doing all these different things just by a switch it's like being like a, a wine taster yeah. a chocolate connoisseur yeah. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> I've st- I've got to that level with camera now. Yeah, uh, like yeah, yeah. With um, when I first started, that was my first ever camera actually, the right, uh, yeah, GX8, yeah. Oh, and I was so mesmerised by it. I'd go out all the time, just taking videos of things and yeah. learn about ISO and shutter speed and certain things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then a friend of mine, Herbie Rowley, who's a fantastic filmmaker. He told me about the GH5, right? And I looked for hours and hours of YouTube tutorials and reviews, and I was I started going, oh, that's what a camera can do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a new level. So yeah. when I eventually got enough money to get one, mm. I went out for the day, and it just it really did like probably with a mic for you or something. Yeah. It opened a new world of what I could decorate with the creative process with people i was like oh we could think about doing this now exactly right mm. I, I think for me like i'm i'm a massive tech head mm. so i love like seeing how you know it's been what 80 years since we first went to the moon and now like all the kind of stuff that's yeah. just available like that for 100 quid here and there is just nuts so the, the and the amount of new technology being developed all the time um some of the like the AI plugins are mm. just phenomenal. Like they're, they're plugins that mix your work for you. Wow. Um, so I suppose I've got into it at a good time then. You've really. got to it a good yeah. time, but that's in a way like the the plugins, for example, if we talk about that, the plugins that mix for you, there's a, it's almost like it's exactly the same as do you want a robot to paint a drawing for you? Mm. And there's no mm. human interaction with that, if that makes sense. That is a great analogy, so man. There's yeah. a, a lot. There's like a service called Lander, which you might have heard of, which you upload, it masks it for you. I haven't heard of Lander, no. And that's become quite big. And then you get, I think the good thing about now, and it was when vinyl came back, is that people are starting to appreciate people who do work. Yes. So like with us in the studio, we're, an, we're a hybrid studio, but we're an analog focus studio. So not everything's just drag a plug in, click a preset. Yeah. It's like, yeah. we'll run it through the compressors, we'll work to find where it is, we'll choose the right microphone. Okay. All of that, if that makes sense. And people prefer that human with experience it's and they trust their project with that. It's a bit like um, vintage clothing and stuff exactly now, right. isn't it? Having exactly. it, it's coming, coming back around. Yeah, 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 it always does. But it's like with music. I mean, we're, we're probably about a year just dropping off the curve now but 80s is everything now mm. 80s since 80s Bit of Sam yeah exactly I, it's red in the boys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like to a level of lyrics mm. that was to me i always equated to how they spoke and what mm. they spoke about it was love it was feel good it yeah, was yeah, vibing yeah. and everyone was just like talking about connection yeah and then suddenly there was a shift and it was about self and ego and material yeah 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 and that, like, in lyrics, it seems to swing back around. Like, we lost ourselves a little, not all, all yeah. stuff. There is a lot of, like, what I was just talking about as well <laughs> yeah. there. But there is a lot of people I'm meeting now where they're talking more about maybe their spiritual self and mm-hmm. that's um, more honest side of themselves yeah, at yeah, least. Yeah. And yeah. Well, I really value that in somebody's lyrics anyway. <laughs> just flicking my camera back on. Yeah. Hello, me. <laughs> <laughs> so... Is there a lot of interesting conversation then at the minute with musicians and yourself in the way the industry is going, and the work like because if say you've got splice yep. or something like that, and you can just get a beat and get <laughs> a guitar and put that on and then put a preset and then you've got a song essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
is that getting a bad rap of people saying, well, bloody hell, what's happening to music? I don't think it is. I think um, it's actually encouraging more musicians. Mm, okay, because, I love that look at it. Because they've got, the, they've got more access to different stuff. And the, thing, the biggest thing with me, personally, is the people that I tutor, for example, said, I've said, try out Splice for a month. And then they find a drum beat and they go, God, that's amazing. Mm. And then they go, okay, that's good. And I found a drum loop, but now I want to get a kick, a snare, a mm. hi-hat, and I want to try and make that loop myself. Mm. It's teaching. It's education. It's not just going, yeah, done, 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 and it's, and it's finished. Mm. Um, so I sort of look at it from that point of view. That I, It's like what we did with, with your track. Yeah. So we were sort of listening out for loops and stuff like that and trying to see what worked. And then we reined it back and like, all we need is a hi-hat, a kick, sure. and a rim shot. Bang, 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 nice and simple. That's really interesting. That's something I've been doing myself at the minute. I like finding on Reddit and yeah. places like that, little samples. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. give you big packs of like drum sounds. Yeah. But then you can create uh, your own. What's it called where you can do that? Sample? Sampler, yeah. Or yeah, a sampler. Drum machine or, yeah. And you can just like type it, it in. in. Afterwards, yeah. actually. Could we use my MIDI keyboard together yeah, a little bit? Up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bless, I've just had it today. I'm so excited. I saw the photo this morning. <laughs> just giving it a little cheeky yeah. lick. <laughs> so are you quite heavily involved in uh, the music scene as well outside the studio then? Do you try and get to the gigs? Do you try and yeah. promote it as much as you can? All the, so all the artists, especially that we work with, I'll always try and promote as much as possible. It's really hard. I try and go to as many gigs as possible when I can. It's hard when, a bit like you, you live, I live a half an hour drive from Nottingham. Okay. Um, and also, you, only sort of producers and studio owners will notice, but you work about 12 hour days every day. Mm -hmm. So let's say you've started at 10 o'clock, you're finishing at 10 o'clock. <laughs> go, right, well, mm. do I have the energy to go to a gig right yeah, now? Yeah. Get home at 12 o'clock and then be in at the studio for eight, nine o'clock to tidy up and stuff like that. So it's really tricky there but there's a few people that i tr try and just go to and support as much as i can just because i think they're incredible musicians and they deserve it god bless um, you man there's, a... there's a lot of i mean said so me being in london i came to Notts hill in 2016 i was so unfair i didn't know what bodega was like, I was <laughs> like what is this place what's my missus brought me to <laughs> uh, and these hillabillies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now sticks. the uh, the scene is just like ready to explode mm. it's that the whole nottingham derby the east midlands is just massive at the moment all, so all genres we'll, d we'll dive back into the, the yeah, linear yeah. story where yeah. <laughs> keep hijacking you every moment you say something <laughs> interesting at every second i'm like what about that <laughs> and you, you went to school i went to school yeah. you're in the choir yeah <laughs> and then you knew music was for you was that where you were like right i'm gonna find a way where music's my passion it's gonna be my career yeah i think I I always got by with academics, mm -hmm. but it was never something I really enjoyed. Even of. though you didn't like re reading, yeah, like, I didn't like reading. Smashing it, academics is just one one of those things you just got to get your GCSEs done. It's like my two T's now, just like just get it done. Yes, and then yeah. it's finished, and then you can do a degree in what you want to do and stuff like that. It was like at school. If somebody spoke to me on that level, though, mm. I think I would have respected it a lot more. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for me, I would always ask why, and I was always told off for asking why. My curiosity ah, right. sort of killed me a bit yeah, in yeah. school. <laughs> and if a teacher like maths, and when we were doing algebra, yeah, if they just said, if you do this 
and you get these grades, mm. it will open up these doors. That's exactly what I was told. And then you'll get to a level where you can yeah. pick things you want to do. Exactly. But because it's, and I say, why are we doing this? I'm never going to use this. Mm. And they wouldn't say, they'd say, do it. And then I'd, it. I'd play up and talk to my mate. And then they'd shout again, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you just need to do it, do yeah. it. And I'm like, right, that's nothing to me. I, I don't just do things because I'm told to do it. I need some form of reason. Explanation, yeah. So I need, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> genuinely, just saying something like that, like, it will open doors, yeah. would be enough for me. <laughs> Definitely. I think, for me, I was really fortunate that I had a few teachers who, um, there were a few subjects that they were like, you've actually got something here. And as you were saying just now, like it's it's reassuring when someone does say that to you, because then it also makes you start to think. You go right, well, just because I'm bad at that doesn't mean that I'm bad at everything, and yeah. I've got some form of routes that I can go down. If that makes sense. Other than your family, mum and dad, like have yeah. you had quite a few mentors in your life then throughout? I think music teachers definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had my f- my first music tech teacher was just, and it might be where I get my. He was a like really broad Scottish accent didn't take any crap oh mate and I think that that might have been where I, where I get it from as well because he's so musical anyway that yeah, accent yeah so yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just helpful when we were saying this earlier like you, people are just scared and it's like don't be scared music is a creative art go and express make your mistakes make your mistakes if, if they are classes mistakes yeah. they're probably like artistic mistakes exactly. but go out there if you think you look a Wally, you don't. You're just exactly giving it a go. Yeah. So that's sort of what he was saying to you. Oh, that's wow. the, like, and even when, like, we were first starting music tech, and it's like, it, when you mix, for example, it's like you must put your EQ first, then a compressor, and I put a compressor first, and he was like, "Is he gonna tell me off? Shit, have I, have I screwed this up?" And straight away, I was like, "Does it work?" It's like, "Well, yeah, it sounds good." He's like, "Well, there you go." Then done but why why are you reading the books why are you just following everyone else and i was like it was like if you want to put flange on a kick drum you put flange on a kick drum you do whatever you want so it's nice like that teachers are so important they don't understand how beautifully important their role is just more than just your subject but the little the personality traits you're showing and passion that you're giving yeah and (laughs) just reflecting to your story that you couldn't be any further adrift from what i went through <laughs> <laughs> you got the polar opposite and I, I think i can name him to be honest because he's definitely gone now like not not saying he's died but he's yeah, like yeah. out of teaching yeah but mr pierce <laughs> like, if you need to see this one day yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, i know that that was a moment for him to like just uh show off a little bit which sometimes works yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, if i watch somebody um show their passion and they're really good at it mm. i'm like Oh, that drummer was sick. I want to be that good one day. Yeah, I could be there. It. Yeah. But he was like, um, he got his guitar out sometimes, th- played it around, put it down, and it was just a, a real drab session. Mm. Then he'd go into the technical side. I didn't. I just wanted to play, first of all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We couldn't touch the keyboards for ages, and I just want... I'm somebody that's just got to be... I've got a creative mind is yeah, and quite yeah. sporadic as you can probably yeah, tell, yeah, yeah. but I just need to be making sound or doing something. And every time we tried, he'd be like, no. And then it's my turn. And he'd get his guitar out again. I'm like, no, let's get, let's get crazy. Yeah. 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 And that's what music could have been for me. And this is the moment he done me. So I, I wouldn't allow in English um, music again after this, but <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> and j- this is so funny. I can't believe I was saying it, but he, <laughs> Did you do music uh, performances? I did for uh, uni. Right, so, so for us, 
at school, even year 10, 11, year 9, I think, just to give us a confidence yeah. to try to do music performance. Right. One of them, year 9, I did Crazy Frog with my mates. I read <laughs> Crazy Frog on me. It was like, ring, 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 running around. Everyone was like, yeah, crazy. Um, but then in year 10, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I just turned up with my guitar one day and I'd learned on the toilet because that's where Good. my guitar was at home. Um, yeah. One string, do you know, obviously, that down, down, down. Smoke on the water. Yeah. First learnt that, which everyone does, but I'd also learnt dry your eyes, mate. Ah, of course I did. About the streets earlier, my, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first introduction to the streets, and I was like, I need to get that. So I th- it took me about an hour on the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> long time as <laughs> a kid. a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but I sat there, and I was going... Dun, 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 and it... I, I managed to do it so yeah, I was like yeah. okay tomorrow I've got my music performance and I'm gonna do that so I brought a guitar in and I'm quite proud because yeah. I've never played guitar never been shown it nobody's bothered with me oh, in that in that line yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry to come across as a woe is me fella no. <laughs> <laughs> but then I sat down I was so excited I played this thing and People laughed as there was some laughing because it just looked daft, like yeah, yeah, one yeah. string just giving it a go. <laughs> I look at the teacher and he's just pissing himself at me. He's just literally laughing at me. And I promise you, it could have been funny to people. I felt that big. I was say. It was horrible. I was like, and, I, and me being me, yeah. people will know this. I've got that slightly wild side and I just broke the guitar and walked off. That was a glassy moment. And I wasn't allowed in, <laughs> in music after that. So it's like, okay, I, I see. I shouldn't have got so rock star about it, but so yeah, that was that was music to me. So wow, yeah, hearing the polars of what a mentor can be. Definitely, and yeah. I think if people just they they analyze people, it's like we were saying earlier. If you're a people person, you can see what someone's strengths and weaknesses are. Then mm. it helps people, especially when you're young and you're growing up. Um, it can help people a lot on their journey mm. and then did you have a studio in london as well then did it nope so i went so after school then i went on a gap year that's it we get to the gap Travel year around, times yeah, yeah which yeah. i can't really talk about too much there must be bits we can uh converse on there though because we both did the gap year times yeah but... oh, i love it it was great and i was able to um to sort of be like a gap year in my old school so my school in London, my primary school. Mm-hmm. So I was able to help out with the sports and the music department and stuff like that, whilst also doing the odd bit of travelling around Europe and stuff like that. Wow. So okay, um, it was like a, it was really nice to be able to enjoy myself for a year, but also know what I wanted to do. Yeah, you had I think a lot of people take gap years to find, find what they want to do yeah. and find themselves. Yeah. Um, so that was the best year for me because I knew exactly what I was going to do. I knew that I had a place at that university. And that that was w- it. Were you in a, a mist of people that didn't know what they wanted to do then? Did, did you feel quite alien to that? Uh, what, the people I was with? Just or? around you, because being in that position where you're having a year out, yeah. and you're just like, I know what I'm doing, Yeah, that must have been strange, man, because... Yeah, it, it was people... weird, but it's also like the odd free time anyone gets now and then, I could enhance it. Mm. so if i knew what i wanted to do I was, okay well i'd spend another hour on logic wicked so then i went when i was going to uni for example and they started off first like well what kind of microphone is this and that basic stuff which is fair enough because not a lot of people do music tech at yeah. a level um and i knew it yeah because i'd put the hours in and i had time to research it and do this and that so um 
that's when I had like, and again, it goes back to mentors at university. I had one lecturer yeah, um, who I just clicked with yeah, and he taught me so much about different production and this and this. And as soon as I met him and started talking, I knew I wanted to open a studio and be a producer. That that was like, that's the rest of my Do life. Do you know any of them now. traits that he had that you really just adhered to, that you were like, that were the parts that I like about you, why you were a mentor? Uh, again, respect. Yeah. So he was just like, um, he was very, very confident in what he was doing and how he did it. He wasn't just like, oh, well, you can do this and then maybe mm. you can do this. He was like, here's a really, really cool way to get this kind of effect. Mm. And he would show me this or this is a really cool way to organize your project and do this and this. And I really respect confidence like that. Yeah, yeah. And he wasn't like we had a lecturer, a guest lecturer come in and the whole th- really massive name, huge, huge name. And the whole lecture for two hours was just him name dropping who he'd work with. Oh, and I walked no. out after 40 minutes because I was just like, I'm, A, I'm not paying university fees just to listen to someone name drop. Yeah. I'm here to learn and take in new information and see like what kind of experiences you've done. Um, so my respect sort of went out the window for mm. him. Mm. And then I always go back to that lecturer who just always had the time of day for me, would teach me these new things, always shut me down if I thought I was getting too good at this. Yes, yeah. And I was going, well, actually, your project's a mess now. What are you doing here, here, here? So <laughs> Just open up that door to you and slap you when yeah, you need it. Yeah, literally. It's like yeah. you've got 12 plugins on one channel. What are you doing? <laughs> and I was like... And then, he, and then he recreated it with three. And I was just like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> you're teaching me logic at the minute, but you're not going to see some of my projects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bit of that, bit of that. Throw it on. It's like a paint, an artist, isn't it? Just keeps yeah. slapping it with that. Get some yellow in there. <laughs> I could sell it at the modern for millions of pounds. Yeah. Though, like the art, art modern. You yeah, see yeah, some yeah, mad yeah. stuff there. Insane. That's yeah. The name dropper guy. It's funny. I've got like stories in. I go to schools and work with young people, and there are some names I've ended up seeing myself on the same bill as. Um, that I mentioned in the story, but I don't go into a a big, like, yeah. this moment. But it is nice to sometimes hear, oh, look where you could get to. Or, exactly. Like, yeah. What position you can be in. And I met my favourite artist of all time. I talk about, like, when I met Mike Skinner, and I was yeah, just like, yeah. oh. But I'm not doing it in a way of, like, boasting. and no, being like, I'm no. just like, this is what happened in my life, and I'm so proud of it now. 100%. So that funny thing, what you're saying there, that guy sounded quite cocky. Yeah. And what we were saying about earlier, that yeah. line of confidence and cocky is very thin, but it's very noticeable to a lot of people. And it's such a weird weapon to hold. It is. When yeah, yeah. you're in a creative industry. Definitely. It's like it, art is just supposed to be enjoyed, shared, passed Pretty on, yeah. learned from, all these things. And then for somebody to start getting on a pedestal and, and becoming more so than that and letting their ego run. Mm. Have you ran across that much in <laughs> in knots or just knots in general? In like general. the music scene, I'm very interested in the music scene. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I class myself as somebody that's enough inside of it, but pretty much outside, and I'm happy there. Sure. I'm comfortable in my approach with music now. Yeah, I've had my ego shine through. Mm-hmm. I've had my search for likes and uh, views and all mm-hmm. these things, mm-hmm. and it one stage got a bit. Ooh, Look what I can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm famous. But, yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, the re- reality kicks through. You realise, oh, it's the process. Mm. It's just the making it. It's the enjoyment behind it that I enjoyed. It exactly. wasn't all the likes and views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, when people do get to that level, 
mm-hmm. have you seen that shine through and what can they do when they do get like letting their ego just run away yeah <laughs> i've had in nottingham one person mm? okay. which is really oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one person and it was the most unenjoyable session i've ever done yeah yeah it's as simple as that they weren't willing to um to take any constructive criticism they weren't willing to change anything they didn't come prepared they thought they were the bee's knees mm. and it, uh, you judge the vibe within five seconds yeah it's yeah. just like i've got this now for another hour it was only yeah. an hour session it wasn't even a full day like mm. us and it was just like i know i'm not going to enjoy this unfortunately mm. um but that's natural you get people of all different backgrounds and genres um, personality sorry so you're going to get those people yeah uh, some people work really really well with cocky people yes yeah. and but for me i've just found that people who are open to ideas i've always been very very open to people's opinions and, and different creative ideas like i suppose that. the cocky people are all right in their skin if that works yeah. for them then yeah. I, was, uh, yeah I shouldn't get too hung up about it i'm no, no, reflecting no. to a few i did a gig at the maze and uh, it was Dr. Syntax and Pete yeah. Cannon. I was like, oh, this is great. Not not disrespecting these guys, yeah, but yeah. therefore you get to be, because you're performing, you can be in the little artist room. 100%, yeah. But then all the bigger names are in there. Mm. And bloody hell, I was like, I just want to get outside with the normals. <laughs> yeah. after. I was in there for about 10 minutes. I was like, oh, like not Pete Cannon and Dr. Syntax. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were really nice to me, and I had a good chat with them. And mm. I was like, yeah, have just performed and supported you and they're like oh sick man cool mm. but um the the bigger names in there or, or names in there just was like why are they why are you in here yeah you yeah, yeah all yeah. right <laughs> it's, yeah. it's strange i i've only had so knots it was one person and at uni um there were maybe three or four people mm. and they were the people who not did the worst but have done the least with their music Mm. And I usually find find that the people who are cocky are the most insecure people you, you'll ever yeah. meet, and that's why it's nice when you meet people who have got a bit of reassurance about themselves, but mm. are also open to new ideas. They are like heaven to work with, yeah. Because it's just like yourself. It's just like you've got an idea of the route you want to go down, but I want your creative input. And if we go down the wrong way, then you don't. You're not afraid to say it. For example, and. In music as well, like we talk about ego a lot. Mm. Sometimes it really works on a stage. Yeah. Actually, like yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. getting believing in yourself. Yeah. Thinking uh, what I'm doing is good. You've got to back like, yourself. Yeah. yeah, you've got to have that side to you, and it it is such a fine balancing act. Mm. And to them people that have let themselves run away with it a bit, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've had really deep, honest conversations with some people that I thought of that, and they are quite unhappy in in honesty, yeah, like. Yeah. Or they, them certain people have opened up to me and said, yeah, like, I've got a lot of pressure on myself, but I feel I've got to keep it up keep and it up. withhold it. Well, it's so. just the front. Mm. Yeah. Which, and that's what I'm saying, like, it's, there are people like that in the world. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, it's just not the kind of people that I know that I work best with. Yeah. Your, vi- your vibe attracts your tribe. Exactly right. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> All works together. I like In that. harmony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will write that down one day. Get it tattooed. Every, every day there's been a, an affirmation or somebody said something. I'm like, right, we need a little booklet in here yeah. one day. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so you're in London. You've had your year out. You've chilled. You've uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, I know That's, what you've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. Just <laughs> say Prague. Doing your oh God's sake. <laughs> I was I was maga myself. Oh, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. We, we're on the same stories yeah, here. Yeah. And then you've got to this point where you've got back and it's like right time is time yeah let's go so i was really fortunate enough to get a place at falmouth uni which is down at cornwall i've heard that's a good end and it, for creatives it's just insane mm. um, they had like when i went there i was the second year group to have access to this brand new 25 million pound music center you've lived a life man and I, yeah i was just like straight away i can live near the beach oh, away that... from the city and I can play with amazing equipment and work with lecturers who really do know their stuff and they're passionate about. Huh. And it was just like, tick, 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 yeah, tick. Yeah, and, and was it that as well? It was. I actually <laughs> loved it. And the only bad, the real bad thing was that uh, guest lecturer. Uh, so you, about, in uh, your head, you're like, when people say don't meet your heroes, your, yeah. your idea was you meet your hero and it's like wow that was perfect it was everything i wanted yeah. it to be found yeah, yeah. like beach it was it, it's just like it opened up so many new things so i'm like oh well i've never surfed before so let's mm. try surfing oh did you go surfing yeah i loved it are you any can you i can stand up it? yeah 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 i've been a few times i we try and go every year now because me and Alyssa we met there so it's sort of like our place now it's I cool went, i did it once in or twice i've done it now but i did it once in south africa it's my first go yeah and it, there was like professionals were all there because it was wave season yeah, and they were yeah, in the yeah. perfect place for it. And it was so funny because the first wave, I smashed it. I caught it. And I, I don't know how we'd just practice on the beach, like in forgetting Sarah up. Marshall, yeah. like <laughs> jump up and stand. And, I, and this one time I did it. And I swear on my life, I've never done it since. And it was, and I, one time, one I remember <laughs> like people were watching me thinking I was one of the pro guys. I'm sure for God, because they were all looking at me and I was like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And my ex-girlfriend at the time was cheering. I, I felt like a superstar. <laughs> and then I, I got the board back and I was like, I can't wait to go and do that again. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Stacked it. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> we had a, I think it was, they were out there for an hour and I just knackered after yeah, that. And I was like, so no, I'd had my moment and it just so left me. But <laughs> we we so for a while, and then my housemate of two years, he did it once. And he was like, "This ain't for me." So he came out with some yellow speedos. He's like, "I've got, I've got my bodyboard." <laughs> so he just like, <laughs> <laughs> the bodyboard. It's like, Callum, what are you doing? Beautiful, <laughs> lovely so image in your head. He's from Dartford. He's a proper South Londoner. Nice. So um, seeing like a Cockney. <laughs> yellow speedos go on everybody <laughs> i bet he was just actually like i don't about 20 minutes of that and he was on the beach like with the girls like he was knackered he was like 20 minutes <laughs> like, i'm done lads I'm done. yeah <laughs> but yeah falmouth was was immense i, I loved it really really good. so you, how long are you surfing for when you're there about do you just do the whole day or you no 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 it's a beautiful area isn't it Falmouth (laughs) (laughs) yeah me and Chrissy um, Herbie's van's there um, got a little it's got a bed in it and a little kitchen area it's beautiful it's just enough yeah and me and Chrissy uh, borrowed it for two weeks and we did a Land's End to John O'Groats or the other way around it's like 14 hours yeah we kept stopping off every like hour and just yeah yeah getting a kip or <laughs> checking out the area it took us two weeks in the end but Amazing. it was when we got to falmouth didn't do this uh surfing or anything but yeah it's just such a beautiful place stunning. isn't it stunning. stunning 
and there's so much more to do there. <laughs> like yeah. you, just, oh, yeah, yeah. you can watch the surfers and stuff, but like nice places to eat, Definitely. good night out. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, when you said Falmouth, then I was like, oh, so it, many memories. <laughs> the the best bit about um, uni was getting a car mm. in second year because in Falmouth you're 45 minutes away from Devon. Yeah. Or Lands End. Yeah. So it's sort of like p- positioned perfectly. So you can go to all these little coves, and oh, it's just. It's so weird driving around there, though, isn't it? It's oh, that it's tiny little road. road. Yeah. Maybe um, when I was driving at your track, it's like, yeah. this feels a bit yeah. like Cornwall, actually. <laughs> <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting that sorted next week, I promise you. <laughs> Say that every week. <laughs> Beautiful. So Falmouth was a dream come true. Yeah, fantastic. And then how old are you at this point? So when I left Falmouth, or...? You're getting it to the end of Falmouth now. Getting to the end of Falmouth, yeah. 22. And then you've got another path set up. If you you know where you're going next. Uh, so I, at the end of uni, I've been with Alicia for about two and a half years. Beautiful. And I was like, so we're going back to London. She was like, nah. Seriously? I, I'm not doing London. She hates cities. She's not. Um, she gets like stressed with lots of different yeah new places and i'm yeah. the same like uh, she gets lost and can't find a car in a car park mm, and mm. so i was just like yeah, do you, do you feel the same towards london then or no mm. I, I love london yeah um but i find that i've almost done it mm. in a way of living yeah in london so um i'm really fortunate my parents still live there and i can go down for a week it's amazing to go down for a mm. weekend yeah that's enough for me but yeah that's it it's, all, it's almost like a mini holiday now that i I don't want to get back into that. And routine. I'll just dive in a little bit. I've had a lot of musicians on here as well, this podcast, and mm. we've been chatting and we're just talking about gigs and experiences they've had. Yeah. London yeah. is one that gets a very bad rap. It does. In this bus or friends or lots of people I've spoken to, I've had a bad gig in London. Right, okay. <laughs> you know, a lot of the time, like it's, for me, people label something, yeah, and it's like, no, you've just had a bad experience. Like, yeah. you can't go. London's got a rubbish scene, yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah. It's like you've had a bad gig in so and so, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it is something that does keep um, coming back round a little bit. What are what are the most of the reasons people aren't enjoying it? People are sitting and just waiting for their go, or it's a bit too saturated. Yeah. Like they're not being listened to because yeah. it is as an artist especially spoken word artist, mm-hmm. there's so much behind the scenes oh, yeah. of creating a yeah. piece of writing, creating a piece of art that, yeah, it's it's very opening, isn't it? You go up on a stage and it's like, here I am now, here's my moment. And then when you just get a room talking over you, nobody's interacting, nobody's listening, you finish, nobody bothers clapping or even commenting in any way. I can imagine as an artist how that can be very demoralising. Isn't that everywhere? It's more come back thought through like a London gig they've had. That, yeah. That's we've just spoke about. Seeing, this is only going from experience yeah, of yeah, who yeah, I've of spoken to. Yeah. But yeah, I just wondered what your experience had been there, and if you have just experienced it everywhere, and they're just there's a there's a lot of places in London that label themselves as a venue and they're not. Okay. And that's what I would say about that. I think. Um, a lot of people go, oh, I'm playing here tonight, but yeah. actually it's known as a bar. Yeah. Whereas you go to places, um, I can't even think, like Coco, for example. Yeah. It's like, it is a venue, or Dean yeah. Rolls and Venue. It's still a bar, but that's when you're on, very interesting you play, what you said. It's, and it's, I get why why places do it, because as, especially as a business, you need to attract more people, yeah. more clients. Yeah. But I think as an artist, it's almost the same as 
it's just doing your research mm. so just because someone's let you play somewhere yeah you unfortunately not, you might just be the entertainment for the night they're not, not gonna, just played london yeah and, yeah you, you yeah. can't say i've just played london or i've been promoted by this yes place. a lot of these places are probably just the bar mm. and unfortunately they just need the music for the night and, uh, then and you can say oh, i'm playing here respect to, uh, respectfully for the pe- the people that are there mm. They might have just gone for a drink with their mate that they've not seen for 10 years. Exactly. They want to sit down and a chill. And exactly right. And happens to be some music on. Exactly. You it's can't expect a standing ovation. That's the thing. That's the thing. So I, I Interesting, man. I completely get um, like the sort of frowned view on London. Um, it doesn't help that it's like 10 quid a pint. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> real. That's for a mate. I can't wait for when everything goes back to normal. You come back here. Oh, I'm mate. taking you to the red line. <laughs> You're going to love it. We're going to get wasted. When I, when I moved up here and I went to the first pub with Alicia and I could get two drinks with a tenner. Yeah. Not, I didn't have to get a 20 pound note. Oh, I was like, wow. So, we're, we're living here. <laughs> we're living life. And going to the London thing for me, like yeah. a, a poetry night, I've had some great ones as mm. well. And, the one that I'm reflecting to, um, I just misjudged it. I was early on in my career. Okay, yeah. I'd wrote this poem I was really proud of. I didn't understand scenes, and it was like I was trying to do like a nine-minute piece. But it, sure. it, I mean, it's a performative piece, so I, I, it's a story. I'm yeah, not just yeah, like yeah. doing self-love and something for nine minutes. And yeah. try, I'm trying to do a story and get everyone captivated, and it worked really well yeah. in Nottingham. So, everywhere everywhere that i went to and then i went to london and i was i had people like stop it yeah yeah and i was yeah. like oh broken heart, lot, but... i mean london's a lot more um it's almost it's a bit like if you speak on the train here mm. you're fine if you speak on the tube in london everyone looks at you like you're a terrorist yeah Do you yeah know what I mean? it's yeah like yeah just head down commute to work mm. don't say anything nothing so i th- i i'm a firm believer that um in London, you might just be mistaken for some background entertainment. Yeah, there's that's a, a, a and really that's, that's not the artist's fault at all. No, that's venues who are saying, "Well, let's let's say that we can put on a gig." Yeah, but really, we are just the bar. Well, then you're going to get several musicians who go, "Well, no one's appreciating my music. No one's clapping. No one's listening." Well, you get a comedy club. As soon as the artist comes on stage, silence. Yeah, yeah. Same with the same with the venue, like a proper venue. As soon as the artist comes on stage, they watch. So that it, I think that's my opinion. It was it. a thought for me after that gig and some of them gigs that I'd had. I was like, went to Chrissy, my partner, and I was like, you know, what? I'd love to create something where it's all about the music or all about the art for yeah. that period of time. Then everyone stops and has a chat. Yeah. And then we go back in and it's all about the music again. Yeah. So I like that. It was something that we spoke about and had this experience and wanted to do something about. Mm. So... Yeah, that I love them scenes. I love um, that idea. And for, we were like, right, let's get a Wendy home. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. Uh, just went down a whole rabbit hole, yeah. found these buses. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I'm, I, the most proud moment for me was fulfilling that. Like mm. I had a busking session, the first one. And I remember uh, Chloe Rogers performed, Concrete Rose, uh, Johnny Ollie. I, yeah. yeah, it was Johnny Ollie, wasn't it? Or oh, he was one after that, I think. I'll get. I'll, I'll know that exact list. There's some. No, it was Johnny Ollie, and it was just bloody beautiful, man. Yeah. There was absolute pin drop silence, and that's what I want to be at a lot of the time for music. Yeah. But then when there's carnage as well, and there's a band on, every, music's just got a vibe for a certain 100%. place, and it works in all fittings. So 
Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, That's yeah, a yeah. Good, we're in a good world here, aren't we? It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm so happy, like, I've personally gone down doing music as a route. Mm. Like, I would, I've always said, since I was about 13, I always said to my parents, I'm never working behind a desk. Yeah. Well, I am. But it's Have just you had a, a shitty desk. job before? Have you ever done... Worked in Waitrose, worked yeah. on the supermarket job. Um, okay. Got the money and spanked it all on the gap year. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, I've d- I've done that. that job, but yeah. like when you were doing that, and I call it donkey work. Yeah, it is. Said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, because I never had a vision out of it, I never knew my path. Mm-hmm. I've just literally stumbled on things all along the way. Now I know my worth, and I'm I only want to do something I'm proud of, even if it just literally puts food on the table yeah. for me and my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's all I want to do. Yeah, that's I where agree. I'm at. I'm I agree. Happy to create, but it's got to be doing something I'm proud of and I love and I'm passionate about. Definitely. When I was working Thorntons and working all these donkey jobs, yeah. <laughs> I never saw a way out of it. So I was so uncomfortable within it. And I was right. rebelling like I was in school again. I was like being told what to do, demanded around. And there was just, I was suffocated by mm. it because I couldn't see a way out. Were you okay with your job in Waitrose and so on? It was just a supermarket job. It was just the only one that I, I could get at the time. Um, did it for four months and then said some bad things to my manager. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Good on you, lad. <laughs> so it, it, was, it was like the end of the day, I'd done like a 12-hour shift and then everyone else was off and he was being nice to me. He was like, Charlie, you go sweep the warehouse and put this away. And I was like, come on. Yeah. Like, There's 10 other people on the floor. Like, what are you doing to me? So that didn't end well. But uh, after that, then I got my job in my primary school. So mm. I was sort of like, I'm leaving anyway. Oh, bless. So, yeah, you yeah. went into primary school in? So when I did my gap year, the oh, that, primary school. Wicked. So I was doing bits of music, bits of the sports department. Um, awesome. Did that for six months and then on the holidays went travelling. So, yeah. It was yeah, a, it, it was an amazing gap year because I, I felt like I did stuff. Yeah. And I wasn't just sort of sat around making money and away, waiting. And yeah. I actually was doing stuff and contributed. So when did your first proper experience of you being in a studio and fully this is happening this is going to be yeah me now there was a, a studio uh near king's cross and when i was at school so i think it's about 14 15 years old and um our teacher had someone who ran it and it was just like m- me and one other guy got picked to go down just to coil cables mm. um so we walked around there were rehearsal studios and then like an actual studio and i was just like yeah this is sick <laughs> i was just like fanboy yeah. massively i was like it's wicked just like everyone was just vibing in a good place. Just yeah, one of those yeah. moments, just like everything went you, right. You know. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, and then, yeah, when, when so I had that, and then I was like, okay, cool. And then I went to uni and started getting more into the tech side and production. And I'm just like, this is really, really cool. And it's not mm. all about just because you can play guitar and sing, you don't need to be an artist. Mm. Um, so that like really helped me when I went to Falmouth to sort of realise that being an artist is more what I want to do. I have like maybe a side project, like I'm doing that, thing i sent you but i'll Wicked. never yeah. play it live or whatever i just do it because i've got some time and i want to put some 70s funk mixed with some electronic music so. <laughs> thank god you do as well don't you? <laughs> i was so i don't know again another one of them days where i just knackered out of uh, my blooming finger yeah. do it, pulling down these trees and yeah, i've gone yeah. to bed and then you're like what do you think to this i was like yeah i'm up again i'm like i <laughs> feel good it's so powerful what music can do yeah yeah, yeah for beautiful sure, for sure so, <laughs> I just like doing that. It's like, because I get, I'm so lucky that 
the amount of different genres and people I get to work with. So to have sort of express just like what I love mm. and mash sort of genres together is just like a little side project for me. There's the peacock. There's the peacock. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing a lot of uh, producers say now, though. Mm. Like, I was, I, I can't believe I, I went to university. Yeah. And it nearly ruined music for me a little bit. Okay. Or I've got so deep into producing. Yeah. When they just listen to a track now, they they have to dissect it and they have to go into the core 100%. of it. And are you still a music lover and you can just enjoy something without having to go all dissecting or no not at all <laughs> i had this with my i literally had this conversation with one of my good mates yesterday yeah yeah and he was like he's now properly getting into djing okay and he said god you're so right that now i can't listen to a track without going <laughs> that's the like trying to work out the bpm yeah trying to yeah. work out the structure and arrange it or <laughs> where's that instrument coming from and i think i've been like that since my dad played me music when i was like eight okay. years old always trying to work out like Ah, oh, so the drums and the bass are syncopated together, mm. and it's just like getting a bit technical. So is that good then? When an artist say comes in, what we we're talking about a bit before about naivety. Yeah, they do stuff that you're not technically supposed to do. I love it, and it can just go. Oh, yeah. Here's another thing we can exactly. play with. Okay, uh, I <laughs> absolutely love that. I also, I'm not technical at all. But jazz mm. fascinates me. I think it's amazing. Mm. Had one of my um, old engineers, a guy called Fred. He was grade eight bass. And it was so funny because we would have a client in and Fred would be like, I can play bass. And it was like a four chord song, really basic. He couldn't do it. <laughs> Just literally take off, take off, take, could not wow, do simple okay. stuff. And I was like, Fred, what are you doing? And then he put on like a jazz piece when we were tidying up. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, this is how some people's minds work. And I find that fascinating. That was incredible. I can relate it to film now as well. Yeah. I was getting into um, animation recently. I've always, I've been brought up on South Park, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. I was telling this anecdote the other day. Uh, me and my dad really connected over South Park one time. I was like 12 years old. Yeah. I was sat in my room and I'm laughing my bollocks off. I'm just laughing, can't stop. And my dad comes in and he's like, what's going on? And he's like, I'll sit down and watch this weird little animation with you. And it was the South Park film. Ah, and yeah, it's the yeah. shut your fucking face <laughs> yeah. and just farting and doing all these crazy things and my dad just turns and he's a real cool geezer yeah but he's just laughing his ass off as well <laughs> and they were like this is great so after always loved animation yeah but recently i've been watching it again and now i'm looking at things like i wonder how they've done that mm. and i wonder like okay the background that stays still how do they make the mouths like do the words yeah, and yeah, yeah. I can't literally enjoy an episode at the minute because I'm weird. constantly watching like I want to recreate it as you've seen with the song we've done together yeah, yeah, me and yeah, Chrissy yeah. have spent a day doing a very basic eye stop motion but oh, really happy yeah, yeah, with yeah. the turnout of it oh wicked so I, yeah I'm looking forward to that song back and we're gonna it's gonna look great yeah definitely but now I think I'm ready to start venturing into the world of um proper eye stop motion yeah. and like yeah oh, wicked. yeah it's it's just a, an art form i've i couldn't comprehend pixar or something yeah, 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 or yeah. disney and you're just watching it like what <laughs> like that? who did that <laughs> who thought that was and it's just genius but yeah watching again tutorials yeah, getting yeah, yeah, on yeah. You youtube to. and starting from the st the beginning mm. oh it fascinates me like no other but 
yeah, now I can't enjoy Disney, so bollocks. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? It's like, I, I can't remember the last time I listened to a song the whole way through. Really? Like, yeah. I have to pause it and then rewind it a bit and go, what synth is that? That's or, fascinating. I'm glad you've said so that. I've, all, I've always been like that. Yeah, and I'm, I don't really see it as a flaw, to be honest. I quite mm. enjoy it. Because yeah, then I'm yeah. just teaching myself more. And I love, as we were saying earlier, I just love taking in new information. And this is my worry stuff. now, though, like with the the steps that I'm on and getting into lodging, we're like, this is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, we'll, we'll have fallout with the streets now. I'll listen <laughs> back to it. I don't know how technical he is, Mike Skinner, but uh, yeah, I'll listen to Bloody hell, he's, he's put splice and he's done one thing. <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> so are you ready for the steps back after COVID? Are you sort of like, you've got all the formulas in motion and you know what you're doing? Yeah, so we opened this week. Yep. Um, already had clients in every day. Brill. which is amazing that me. is amazing uh, man you've got a successful thing going on well it's just we we knew that we had to be very sensible so mm-hmm. we've drawn up like a proper COVID-19 policy we clean after every single um, person who comes in before you we've got this special isopropanol something Wicked. which is the only thing you can use to wipe down microphones otherwise mm. it damages them so when when you're a studio like us and you've got different people coming in every single day it's not just me behind the desk i have engineers yeah you've you've got to think about safety first um as we were saying before this is unprecedented times so you just got to adapt mm. um so we're fortunate that we've actually got quite a big studio as well so we can maintain the space so we can still do live sessions we can still record with a lot of ease mm. think about where a sofa is where the other chairs yeah, are, yeah. even that picturing it in my mind yeah now. you can still have yeah. two meters apart from everyone um so we're we're back and ready to go and it when i came in the week before to sort of set everything out so i took a lot of stuff home to carry on mixing and stuff sure like um it was just like a oh i'm back yeah <laughs> so so good to, to be back so um it's been really sort of reassuring that as soon as we've opened people are now going right well when can i book in and mm. this and this so yeah. I think this is what's made you so successful and the thing I enjoy most about you as a person, you've just found that balance of, you know, I am a business, I am a serious like yeah, yeah. person in my essence, I want everything to be the right steps, yeah. but you've also kept that playful, real, got to, yeah. honest side of yourself as well and you've built up something really special there. Oh, thank you. I've had so many friends in my life, that would be fine me saying this, but again, it's big ideas and mm. we're in the, the our living room back in the day on something i don't yeah. know what but we're, and it's just talking about things that i know in my heart genuine heart like it's never going to happen it's mm. never going to utilize we'll put the cogs in motion for a week or mm. two or maybe a month and i just know it's not going to keep spinning or mm. turning i've i struggle with that for so long because i'm somebody that if I have the idea, I have to make it, it happen. Like, yeah. I'm very privileged and honest. Like, sitting in these buses now, I'm like, yeah, we did it. We're yeah, yeah. managing and keep on turning. And when somebody does get in touch for having a film done, I'm like, oh, it's working. Exactly. But it's something I really value in you. Yeah, you've oh, you've kept you. that great side to yourself. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's, it's really important, though, as like we were saying earlier, the whole thing is an experience. But then you get people like... I mean, you it, your heart stops to beat when you have Van Morrison saying, "Can I come record?" Mm. And it's just mm. like, "What? The oh, hell? mate, we must have done something right." And that's, wow. I think that's, you know, that's not me because they're not booking me or the experience or the engineers. They're booking the studio. Yeah. Um. So that 
I'm really happy that we've got the business side right because then it sort of is attracting those big stars and stuff like that. To it come. must have been the most surreal experience. It was amazing, <laughs> but at the same time, when he arrived, it was just sort of like, I've got a job. Yeah, yeah, and, so and you're not like selfie no, no, and no, just no, like, there's nothing. and tell us about that crazy time of this. No. He's just like, right, what we're creating here. I think um, so you really have got it, man. Well, you've yeah, got I it. Th- I think if, especially if you've got, um, let's say you are Van Morrison, you've had like a really good day in the studio and you, then you're about to play to however many people it is at Theatre Warrior Alpha, mm-hmm. sold out show. And then if you have like a really good day in the studio and then let's say you have um, an internal or whatever saying, oh, can I just get a photo with you? I think it puts a massive downer on it. Yeah, I think yeah. um, the fact that that, like, we don't do that or that didn't happen, I think he's gone, that's just a really professional wow. place. They know what they're doing yeah. and, and that's it. Um, and I l- so many people afterwards, when we, like, even when we do Westlife and stuff like that, did you get a photo and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. it's just a job. Yeah. And you've just got to maintain that you, professionalism. So It's amazing. Um, that's just my... Uh, I mean, I got a photo with one of the Westlife boys because I was just like... I always saw Westlife as just a boy band with loads of auto-tune on. And then it sort of like completely knocked me down when I was engineering for it. And they sang and they layered and I was like, they are immense singers. Really? And they're so supportive of each other. Right, okay. Like even when... Were they having a laugh with each other? Yeah, yeah, having a laugh with each other. Like even if one guy, um, let's say he got like a really good take, all of them will hug. Yeah, that was it. He smashed it. And I was like, how long have you guys been doing this together? And you're still like buzzing. I mean, yeah. they're probably buzzing because they've all got 20 million pounds I mean. record, <laughs> record tour deal with Virgin. But um, it was like really reassuring to know that people have come through the 90s and, yeah. and all the new tech and new different types of people um, to still be that close and that talented. Mm. Um, so I was just like, yeah, these, these guys are wicked. They're really lovely guys. So it was the same with Van. He was a really, really nice guy to work with, but knew what he wanted. When did this become real to you, though? Like, you've done it two years in Nottingham yeah. now, and you're getting these names, and I'm presuming, I'm guessing, it's going to keep on flourishing and going in that That's way. Yeah. What was the point of, oh, my God, it's happening, it's happening? Do you remember that moment? Um, I was pretty stoked when we first opened and we had Liam Bailey in. Yeah, great guy, yeah. Which um, we got through a guy called Juggernaut, which mm. is a really lovely guy, um, during our test week. Yeah. Um, and to hear the kind of words that he was saying about the place, like, no, this isn't just a DIY project, like, and we've done it properly. How did you get the studio then as well? Like, so, because I think we just did a slight gap that I'd, I'm interested yeah. in as well. Yeah, <laughs> so the London, the, nah, nah, we're going to this place. And you're nuts, like, yeah. the Rednecks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we go here. Um, yeah, talk, just a little bit about the finding the studio, finding yeah, yeah. the place to be. There was, um, so when I first moved up here, there was no studio plan, nothing. Um, and I got an internship working for a startup marketing company. Okay. Like, I, I was like, I'm not sitting in my ass all day. I'm going to do something. Yeah. And I was looking at um, music jobs and not so there was nothing. And I worked behind a bar uh, at uni. And I was like, I'm, I know the hours and that come with bar work. I'm not doing that to my sort of personal life. Mm. Um, and then where we are, the massive accommodation block was getting refurbished. Yeah. And that space was completely dead. It was just a massive boiler room with like a crappy little wooden door. Yeah, yeah. Now, wow. Down there, yeah. and it was the coal. The um, drum room was filled with about twenty-four tons of coal. Wow. Um, okay. Had these massive boilers, and the whole thing was filled of just copper piping. 
and um and we we looked at it and we were like do we think there could be something here and i was like well first of all location is just perfect yeah um we're also surrounded by about five foot of concrete <laughs> so there's not gonna be any bleed mm. um and we we sort of worked it out and we spoke to the right people and it and it worked mm. um so yes yeah, your first yeah. thing came off that never happens no man. i'm i'm extremely lucky <laughs> and never I'm, happens but I'm, it's also it's it, you you can only pull off something like that when you've got a really solid team around yeah. you to do it um so that that jazz guy with jazz bassist freds so yeah he actually started with me wicked um who i met at uni and he we got talking about it and he said oh actually i live in the next village from Alicia." And I was like, that's a small world. Mm. Um, he was a he did a master's in music at York. So he's like a proper sound technician. Yeah. Knows his stuff. So he actually was with me for about a year, helped me set it up, helped me build it. Um, and now he's in London. So without him... Without, he's gone um, and got a studio in London as well. No, no. He's working, um, selling microphones for a company. But his missus were in, was in London. So long yeah. distance. Yeah. Everyone knows long distance is oh, crap. God, so it's tricky business. Um, it was like, just go. It's not. It's not worth you getting stressed. Of, I'm in not. She's in London. When can we see each other and stuff like that? You, if you've been, in a, especially if you're in a relationship for a long time, you want to be together. Mm. Um, and then that's when uh, Tom came along. So I've got different engineers, but Tom's the one who does quite a lot of stuff. Um, a guy called Tom Smith, who's head of tech at Confetti. Yep, um, I know Tom. Yeah, and he's done the MIM sessions. He's done the sound for that and stuff like that. So really, really good engineer. Really professional in what he does, and and knows his stuff. So. It's all about, um, I could have never have done this without the team yeah. around me. The same like with, with Alicia making it look good. Big, if, strong base. Yeah, and, you've got yeah, to. I yeah. think um, if you're just one person, there's only so much you can do. Especially trying to be like me when I just love being creative. And it's like, oh, actually, you've got to think about the finances. You've got to think about the business. You've so got to think about... And really, it's like, people really don't value underestimate that. It. I mean, yeah. for the busking sessions we've had and some successful nights now and... Uh, had festivals here mm. things like yeah, that and, yeah. but I've been on stage and then you know an artist will always go I've just got to take this opportunity to say thank you to Mikey or Rhythmical Mike yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I literally have to peg it up and stop and go hang on a minute but and like for <laughs> for instance like Chrissy uh, yeah, my partner yeah. is such an important factor of the whole exactly. mechanism behind this and setting it up and sometimes yeah you have to have somebody that's going to be the face for a bit and be like here we are like yeah. we're at the old farm bus it was funny on the first busking session we'd had it all booked out and i knew there was all my friends coming there's gonna be about 40 people on this bus oh, i was like shaking panicking sweating <laughs> everybody got here and then i was like oh my god i've not got anybody to introduce everybody or anything like that i was like what we're we gonna do is like oh grab the mic i'll be host okay <laughs> i felt like basil faulty i was running around or manuel like yeah. okay welcome everyone in right i'm gonna get up there now and yeah it was one of them moments we had a beautiful night and people again very congratulative and saying yeah, yeah, yeah. well done with what you've done but yeah, you have to take that moment to just go, hang on, it's You've got to. the team, the yeah. team, yeah. and reflecting back to that. I think um, the sort of the best establishments in any in any sector mm. are all done by a team. Yeah. And that's, I think that's all common knowledge. Really, so, so far you can go on your own, isn't yeah, there? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And there's, a, there's only so many hours in one day for one person. Yes, yeah, I, lo I love that you've said that, because again, I, I'm really I'm glad that I'm trying to do the film and yeah, yeah, the brilliant. music and you're just learning all the time mm. 
But again, if somebody can just mix it perfectly or yeah. somebody can master something right or they, you know, you've got your band and you're working on your material, get people involved. Exactly. You don't have to just DIY totally everything. Exactly. It's, it's good to collaborate. Yeah, it's okay sure. to get masters in at that craft. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. That's like why like, we're firm believers that we shouldn't do everything. Mm. So if I've produced something or if I mixed like for your track, I won't master it. I'll get one Wicked. of our team to master it because then it's Wicked. my ears will be biased to that. Um, so it's important to sort of try and get that collaborative feel on it as well, if that makes sense. So at your studio, you've got sessions where people can come and yep. uh, have have stuff recorded yep. and get the tracks down. You also do these sessions where um, you get film, like people are filmed. What was yep. like the lorry session? What was that? Yeah, so the... a lot of people, um, George Gad especially did yeah, one. Yeah, that, that was awesome. Year, so I've seen them all, I think. But the, the, I mean, that's the good thing, like yourselves, and there's so many good videographers around the place as oh, well. So <laughs> um, it's very, very hard to sort of just go. There's one guy who does that because there's so many really, really yeah, good, and yeah. different styles. So um, we make it really, really easy. We go bring your own videographer, and we'll make it sound and look good awesome they love, love the video will obviously say right well actually can you make that work like that again it's just sort of critical work with me here compromise mm. um but at the same time we need it to be ultimately sound the best it can be yeah. kind of thing so we're it works really nice that we've done a lot of live sessions and, and music videos that we love doing so it's just so much fun to do just you and the band with the videographer or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so we, we can do that or we do as just normal recordings a multi-track where people will come in and record across the day and make like a little montage sure um, do you think you could ever have like a really really exclusive tiny little gig in there do you know we have have you okay yes yeah. we did we did our first ever um mount street sessions yeah which was i can't even remember how long ago it was now but we had Laurie, Sunflower Thieves, Johnny Ollie, and my friend called uh, Oliver Rudge from down from London. And we fit 35 people, 40 people in the live room. Oh, yeah. okay. I mean, I've seen that. Stu I didn't know the live room was that big. Yeah. Wow. And everyone just sat down. Amazing. Um, That's such a nice atmosphere. We yeah. taped it off, and the amount of people that so all the artists come to me went, I haven't really been that nervous in a while because the, the art, the, the yeah. audience are literally there. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're trying to do more so we're intimate isn't it yeah you I just think, sat um, there and joey collins was describing it and he felt in between his sets and songs yeah he had to say something yeah he yeah, had yeah. to open up a little bit and it changed him as an artist he yeah. said it sort oh, of made fantastic. him reflect because it went so well there mm. like to describe his songs a little bit and think about things mm. so playing them beautifully just silent gigs where everyone's in is really i think really humbling and important for an artist definitely and then do your crazies and yeah, that's yeah, important yeah. you know uh, yeah you can mix it and intertwine that i think it's what we were talking about um earlier with london like we are not a bar mm. like we don't have an alcohol license mm. no nothing like that you bring your own drink you sit down and when the artist plays everyone just listens and takes oh, it in yes. so we've done that and then we also did um one other session um for the harley j trust which is a charity that we're affiliated with um, and we had people like Gideon involved and Bria Buxton and stuff like that. So that was incredible. Um, so, yeah, we can comfortably fit 30, 35 you're, people in You're there. spinning plates, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All over the shot. Yeah, this is a, got to. the clown show. <laughs> <laughs> have you, is it 
predominantly music then are you i know you've got ideas of podcasts as well for yourself in the future yeah so we're setting up uh mount street sounds so there's a guy called tom watts you might know from tom and claire from capital fm yes yeah, yeah okay so i'm good mates with tom awesome um I can't stop saying it now. You're such an awesome person to me. I'm just like in my head, like, wow, this is great. <laughs> just trying to just trying to keep everyone um, just engaged mm. with, with ev- what everyone's doing, really. So Tom's really, really fascinated on the music scene, and he's interviewed some cool people like Fickle Friends and stuff like that over the past. So we're going to try and um, just just speak to local people, but also people that are coming through. Is it going to be music-based? Uh, it be music-based, yeah, but there's also a few people like who are doing really interesting stuff. So, um, you know, people who've set up their own businesses, their own cafes, stuff like that. It'd be, be cool to talk to them about it, yeah. Is that going to be quite soon after COVID? Is... We're, we're trying to, yeah. I think, um, obviously I think we've that's going to poli- be so important now. Yeah, we've got the policy in, pa- in place. Uh, as you were saying, like, everything now is just content. Like, yeah. people just want content now. So when we can sort it out, Tom obviously does the radio every single day um, for small and local businesses to have a platform to say their piece and yeah, share something exactly. it, I, I think there's so many at the minute that don't even know they've gone under they might go back and like i was saying to martin the other day the uh people aren't going to just sprint out and no start way. trying to pay and no sp- spend and do no. these things so we've got to be delicate in these times now for and sure. be a be a community and give them the opportunities to speak and try Definitely. and yeah, and I think uh, I like what you're doing. Well, I think with, with especially with podcasts like like you do as well. There's only so much that people like to read. Yeah, but I think you can judge a lot from a person just by listening to them and, and watching them as well. So yes, we're going to try that. Um, it's mainly Tom's project because he's always wanted to do it, um, and I just love recording. So it's <laughs> so glad <laughs> it's that he's just picked it up and ran with it. Yeah, it, I think he he did. Um, it might have been journalism at Trent Uni. So he's come through, then did a bit of Fly FM, I think, potentially, I don't know. And then he's been working Capital for the last however many years from drive time. So he's smashing it. It He's doing well. That is genuinely smashing it. He he told me on Christmas Eve or day, he um, did a set on Capital National. Okay. In Leicester Square. And I was just like, what? Full on. Full on. How do you do that? Fair play to it. So, yeah, we're going to try and just interview a few people. Just, again, a bit like you. Just see what what people are up to and just get people's take on. I can't advise enough people to try starting a podcast. Everybody (laughs) I've met, they're like, what's this podcast thing? I'm like, you should totally just go do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meeting your friends, really exploring with them. Like... My friend Alex Smith, who's in Ferocious Dog and Concrete Rose, okay, and yeah. he did a podcast the other day, and we were talking music for a bit, and then suddenly we get into history, and we were both just like absolutely vibing to another level. I was like, yeah, Amazing. I love the Vikings, yeah, and it was like, <laughs> and we, we rang each other up after the podcast, or spoke to him on Facebook as well, and like, oh, what did you think to it? And it just opened up that gate that yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I wasn't ready for. <laughs> But I learned so much doing it, and mm. that has all come from just loving podcast, the format of podcasts. Definitely. Having a friend there for the day, you put like Joe Rogan on or mm. Russell Brand, I quite yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ricky Gervais' podcast with <laughs> yeah. Carl Pilkinson's always been a great one, but you know, they're a few, a few hours long. You don't have to be switched on all the way no, through it, but right. every so often, you're like, that was beautiful. That's yeah. a little pearl. And then you're back to washing your pots or whatever. <laughs> but it truly is. A, it's a great art form and Definitely. i'm so happy that they're taking off in the way they are now yeah yeah no i, I think they'll be around for for a long time as mm. well i don't think it obviously it's a trend but i think it's here to stay if that makes sense 
it's a new way of communicating. Yeah. It really yeah, is. It is. Yeah, it is. We're documenting things for later on. That's a horse being shouted at at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> but people, yeah, that anything you enjoy, mm. any passion you have, mm. you will find somebody talking as passionately as you feel exactly. about it. And yeah, you can yeah. just be on it. So, <laughs> it's, it, Especially like when you, it's almost weird, but when you're not uh, participating in it, so we had someone come in and do a podcast in two days ago and you just you just sit back and listen. Mm. And it's like, God, this person's really thought about what they're saying or they've planned it just like a song or, or anything like that. It's really, really interesting to see how people write their podcasts as well. Do a lot um, have stuff wrote, wrote down, ready to go? So a lot of them do, but yep. a lot of them just have bullet points. So they have like a structure in place, but it's not like a script. It was so funny the other day. Martin was walking up to do this podcast with me. He's like, so what we're going to talk about? Where's your list? And I was like, no, no we just go. And just he's go. like, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here for 10 hours. <laughs> you have no idea what to do. <laughs> it come out, I'm really excited about that one coming out. And it yeah, did. Yeah. Like, people are quite surprised. A lot of the time, they're like, I didn't want to stop talking. I just wanted it to go on forever. <laughs> and it, it is, when you get caught up in it, it's it's a moment isn't it, it? Is. yeah yeah, yeah it's not natural to sit and go we are doing an hour now together <laughs> we're going to really get on each other's level and yeah yeah, yeah. It, there's a an art form to it i agree completely agree mm, talking yeah. who'd have thought it who'd have thought <laughs> communication eh? <laughs> beautiful man so we've got this track coming out together yeah with johnny you've yeah. got lots of projects on the go with so many artists around nottingham all over the country i'm guessing at the yeah, minute <laughs> yeah do you have any time for yourself for music or just myself just yourself in yeah like i've for the last uh so the last 18 months i didn't uh, i put every single blood sweat and tear and time into the studio um alicia must have thought to kill me like I was just never seeing her nothing and then um, I suddenly realized that when you work so hard to get something to the place that you want it to be you need to enjoy the things that also come with that okay. and that means that if you can for example afford to get another engineer yeah then that means that we can maintain this high professionalism get a good product out and it means that I can still have family time mm. or go to the pub or go to a gig or go down to London and see my family so I'm really, really happy that, let's say, you know, Mount Street's still here in 20, 30 years' time. Um, I'm not even a part of it. I've got engineers doing everything. I'll be so happy that I put my, every single thing that I had in it when we were first starting out, because now I can then have a weekend off, for example, mm. um, which I really missed when we first setting up. Sure. But, but that's the, the that's sort of the risk and what comes with setting up a business. If you, if you don't throw everything at it, it's going to fail. Have you been tenacious all the way through as well? Are you, are you quite obsessive? Do you yeah. Addicted to things when you're in it? Yeah, 100%. I, I liked... Um, I just like having an a personal idea of where things are going. So especially like when you're a business owner, you've always got to think about the next step. Yeah. So I'm now not just going, right, we're a studio and we've got people coming in yeah. and yeah. we're done. We're thinking about the next step of what we can do and this and this. So And what I personally want to do. I don't always want to be sat behind a mixing console recording people. Um, I really like the idea of nurturing people. Um, so I've always thought about maybe a sort of a, a management or publishing on, and stuff like that. So, But I also love creating library music and 
weird string quartet sections and stuff like that so again it's just like when you have the when you have time how do you uh how do you assign what you do to that free time well you've been given that time at the minute with mm. covid yeah have you managed to just sit and reassess and give yourself a, a good business plan and an yeah. idea where this Definitely. is where we're running it helped i think covid's really helped because you st- you're not i think a lot of people unfortunately have just been sat at home and waiting um whereas i've been sat at home and working but on the days where i haven't done the work or i finished early i then look at what i've got and where i want to be and Beautiful. stuff like that so um as i said to you earlier i don't always want to be sat behind a mixing console like that's just not for me i i'm more of a people person thing i I'm, i love the idea of sort of labels and nurturing people um so yeah i think it's covid's been sounds really bad but it's been good in a way that it's helped people to really stop and think and reset slightly i'm just so glad there's people like you that have seen it in that way yeah i've had friends come and just list this endless pit of terrible look what's happened look Mm. how bad life is look Mm. how wrong this has been it's like again can we silver line can we just go what about like uh, giving people time to settle go right the the world can change in an instant anything can be lost anything can be gained Mm -hmm. let's start again yeah i'm for me i've said this in a podcast before but i've had friends that have done shitty jobs that they hate and openly say i hate my job just so they can go out on a weekend or whatever, but they've yeah. got this job. And, and to be fair to them, they need it. They, mm-hmm. They've not had anything else to do, but they lost that during COVID. Like, mm. they've just had to shut shop and go, no, we've got rid of 9,000 people from yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. They were doing something they absolutely hated, and that was even lost. So isn't it time to go, you know what? Like, at least give life a go. At least put exactly. my effort into something, because if something like that can be lost in a heartbeat... Mm then you may as well do it doing something you're trying to enjoy and enjoy. have passion in. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's it's weird. Like I say, it's, it's been awful for a lot of people, this, and it's affected so many people. But for me personally, it's been it's actually been quite nice to just take a step back and go, right, well, we've been working full steam ahead at where we're at to right now, business side, yeah. working full steam ahead at what we're at with this. What can then we do, or you know, what are we maybe spending money on that we don't need to be spending money on? And you start just thinking about about different things like that. So, mate, trying to get your electricity bill down, I, for example. <laughs> I think you're brilliant. I've, I'm, oh, I've been you, taking mate. this Appreciate all in and just enjoying the experience <laughs> and taking the podcast. But there's so many little things I'm going to go to Christian. I'm like, right, we're, we're in on this. We've got to be working harder, thinking about the next and the next. It's, it, it's fabulous to meet somebody that has that vision, has that belief in themselves. Are you 26, aren't you? 20? 26, yeah. 20, with the same age, yeah. I'm 20, just turned 27. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you, you know that there's people at this age that still don't know, have a clue where they want to be, which is fine, but it's just great to meet people with such a direct yeah. attitude and path set. And Definitely. I, I want to assure those friends, if you're listening to this, you know, listen to what Charlie's been saying, like pick a path pick a direction and run with it and believe in yourself is what i've taken away a lot from what you've been saying you've seemed to have just been direct in what you're doing i think also it's 
it's almost uh, it helps you be more direct because then it actually opens more mm. doors mm. yeah um, rather than just going i'm going to be uh, a studio owner it actually opens more doors to do you know publishing or working with people with different people in education stuff like that. it actually opens a lot more if you have got a concrete solid motorway to go down and then yeah. you can go off those different roads and for me like i started out i had no idea of what i was or who i was mm. and then my story all transcend i know i've told you before but um come from losing a friend yeah and that drove yeah, yeah. me into poetry mm. so for a long time uh, then i was a poet and i just labeled myself i'm a poet i'm a poet and i ran on and i was like i'm gonna be a poet i can't wait until the moment i told my mum like what do you mean you're gonna do poetry <laughs> who's a poet you don't know any poets making no money <laughs> bollocks to that so that... I think that's i actually think that's a really important um point because a lot of people in our generation we we all, a lot of people brought up going what's going to make you money yeah yeah and i think now it's a bit like um my parents generation was you finish uni everyone goes to london that's where they're working yep well, actually, now you can get a lot of work in Nottingham, a lot of work in Manchester, Bristol, Birmingham. You don't need to be in a big We spoke city. about it before as well. You've just got to know who you are, what you're about and what you want. Exactly. We, we're thinking, you know, if you want to be multi-international superstar yeah. that's known by everybody, seen by everybody, heard on every radio station everywhere, you're going to have to do that work to go to every city. 100%. Put in all them blood, sweat and tears yeah. and everything as a byproduct, you that's know? If that's... What you're driven by, what you want, go. I Run, do it. But agree. for me, it's something I've really learned in the past year, maybe less, but I've been really learning and thinking, like, what do I want? And it is mm. what we spoke about, enough. I want enough. Yeah. I want to be passionate, make sure that provides, but then gets the food on the table exactly and I'm, right. I'm there. I think my, my <laughs> biggest fear about it was regret. If I got to, like, 40 and didn't do this, yeah, yeah, I'd be kicking myself. Yeah. So it's almost like everyone is their own self-entrepreneur mm. because they're trying to work out what they want to do and then you've just got to risk it. Uh, I, um, I listen to a lot of like spiritual stuff just mm -hmm. to sometimes when I'm running like 100 mile an hour, I'm like, <laughs> I need to calm down a bit here. Where's it? Give me a bit of that Buddha. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I listen to a guy, do you know Alan Watts at all? I don't. He's know, very. Know. It'd be cool in some samples for Trav. I've okay. heard him in lo-fi a lot used, okay, and yeah, it yeah. is just very calming, and he's not over the top, too spiritual. It's very metaphorical. Right. Okay. Yeah. But he's got this really cool one, which Trey Parker and Matt Stone actually animated ah, for him, and he just talks about music. His life is what it's called, but people are always waiting for the um, for the last step, and they're just fighting for this step. And it goes: you go to school, you go to college, you go to uni. And you're constantly trying to hit this quota and get somewhere. Mm. And they forget all the way along. It was all a musical thing. You're supposed to enjoy not just the end note, but play the whole symphony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I'll send it you later. Yeah, you it's yeah. beautiful. It's two minutes long and he describes it. I've just rehashed it and killed it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he fully, and obviously with Trey Parker and Matt Stone on board, yeah, so it's going to look and sound great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, for everything you just described then, he, he puts into two minutes. So oh, wow. come on, sharpen up, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm slacking here. What am I doing? <laughs> I know you, I, I say this at the end of podcasts. I know you've got places to be in. I, I love it in my I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, he hasn't. He's having a, a bath and a cigar later. Oh, that would be beautiful. <laughs> Have you got plans for later? I don't. I, I finished work early today. Uh, I've got a shift tomorrow and I've got the weekend off. 
So. Well, you best be on our track then. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd trap you in there. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Charlie from Mount Street Studios. Uh, genuinely, is that, where can people get you as well before? I, uh, uh, we've got our website, it's mountstudios.co.uk or on all socials, so Facebook, Instagram. Mountstreetstudio.co.uk. That's the one. You'll find all the stuff you need to find there. there. Guys, how much fun was that? I told you, I said at the start, this is what was going to happen. It happened. <laughs> Thank you for being a part of this. Again, it's all new. I'm learning on the go. As I was saying to Charlie earlier, this ain't syncing up. This is, what am I going to do? <laughs> it's it's a learner. But if you want to be a part of the show at all, please get in touch. I want as many ideas, as many offers as we can possibly get because I just want to meet people and learn myself. So... Thank you for being a part of this. The Old Farm Bus, back of the bus sessions. Peace out.